Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, each week, we want to have information that helps you to realize your potential, live on purpose, accelerate, be successful. And today is no exception. We have an individual who is an expert on happiness. In fact, so much so that he created a podcast, the Happiness Podcast. And so could everybody here welcome Dr. Robert Puff to the show. Robert, thanks for being with us today. It's my pleasure to be here, Ken. And Robert, so you've done hundreds of podcasts already, and you've written 13 uh, books. What I like to do in the shows is just to um, have the listeners listen to your journey. So uh, Robert, just give a little bit of your background. What got you to where you are today? Where did you grow up? Just some of your background there so that we get to know Dr. Puff. Okay. I grew up in Iowa. That's where I'm originally from. My parents grew up there. And then um, I was always a seeker. My parents would tell me that every time I had a question and they answered it, I'd have another one on the tip of my tongue. And that's one aspect of who I am. But the other aspect of who I am is I tend to be um, very good at um, what I would call honesty, meaning I can see truth. And Mm. so... Like, you know, you go to places and people say, you know, if you follow this path, your life's going to go well. And I would look at their lives and say, hmm, well, then your life should go, be going well. And it's not. <laughs> so I, <laughs> they, right. there, must, there must be some holes here. So, um, so I, was, I saw that. I saw a lot of people, you know, from growing up in churches, you know, to um, meeting people at, you know, different places. And I said, well, I'm going to see if I can figure out why we're here. I really feel that was my quest. And so... Um, you know, I started off by school. You know, I got, I have two masters and a PhD. I went 14 straight years of school, university. And um, Wow, you really, uh, you really stuck in there. Hung in there. Yeah, yeah, got a lot of education. And I found there were answers. I, my background, I have a PhD in clinical psychology. So I definitely found answers. But again, like I said, I saw the people that were sharing the answers. And I met the major theorists. Because I went to some top schools. I met the major theorists that were presenting their answers. I thought, well, your life's good, but it definitely could use some improvement. It seems like it's not as good as it could get. Mm. So then I, then I kind of dove into um, more, I would call, um, the success route. Well, maybe if you're successful, just overall successful, life will go well. And you know, very quickly, I saw that there, had, there were a lot of holes in that. And then I studied more kind of like positive psychology and definitely good things there and, and a lot of good things. Um, Abraham Maslow, people of that nature, a lot of great things there. And then I went and I also studied um, world religions. I studied the religions of the world. That was one of my masters in, in comparative religion. So I found mm. more things there. And then pulling that all together, what I found was that there are, it's not that complicated. Um, <laughs> I often compare it to, you know, if you want to lose weight, there really is two things you have to do. You have to eat less and you have to exercise. Now, there are very complicated theories out there and programs to lose weight, but that's what it kind of boils down to. So I said, well, what does life boil down to? What does it entail? And so that's what I kept seeking, and I feel like I have found a few answers that tend to work. I've met some amazing people along the way. I've met some people like, wow, your life is pretty astonishing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, now I just share what I've learned with people, because I really believe that any of us can have truly, you know, amazing lives. We do have to work at it. It's not that it's easy, 
but it's possible. So if that is our quest, if that's what we seek, and now we want immediate gratification, then that's going to be harder. But if we're truly wanting to find happiness and peace on an ongoing basis, and, and this other phrase that is very important, no matter what, that is possible. It is hard, but it is possible. And that's what I teach, how to be peaceful, how to be happy, no matter what's going on in your life. Well, great. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Puff. And when you think about your journey after all the education, then you're living in California now, are you not? Yes. Uh huh. So what was your journey to where you are now? And what is it that you are, we'll get into your books and in your philosophy and what you've discovered, but what is it that you offer as a business or as a professional now? Yeah, mainly I'm a, I'm a corporate trainer. So I, my podcast and my books and all, I write a blog for Psychology Day. I do a lot. You know, I do these interviews. Um, I did, I have, I've done three this week. So I do this a lot. I've done thousands of media interviews. That's what I do. So I would describe trying to help to make the world a better place. But Dr. Puff, as a professional, what I do is um, I work with companies. And they say, you know, we are having problems. We are having conflict. We're getting lawsuits. We are um, you know, having internal fighting. We're having people that are very unhappy at work come in, and so I do these three-hour workshops where I come in and just teach them skills that I teach, you know, all that I do, but teach it specifically for the corporate world and the business world so that they, instead of getting, you know, like a, a 200000 lawsuit or a $2 million lawsuit, I can really help them keep them at bay and help work go a lot smoother. So the main way I make my income is by speaking to corporations and, you know, you know giving keynotes to try to help people learn these skills in the business world. So that's how I make my money. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for that. So when we think, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. When we think about, you know, there's all kinds of research and, in, you know, I have a book out called The Quest for Purpose and, you know, the research as far as the percentage of people who are really living on purpose and really happy is so um, minuscule. Mm-hmm. In your research and what you discovered and what you found, let's just go through, you know, some of the stuff as far as, you know, one of your books, you know, finding happiness flow. And I'm sorry if I got the title not 100% correct. Is what is it that people are not doing? And then also then what is it that they need to do? So what yeah, are the, the steps thing, that you teach in right. these three-hour workshops? Right. Well, one of the things is that you have to understand life. So imagine that you know, we live in a world where gravity kind of rules or, you know, if you're, if you're more advanced and, and I have a physics background, you have a more advanced understanding, you know, relativity, curvature, space-time is how things work. Mm-hmm. So if you fight gravity, you say, hey, I'm going to jump off the roof of my house and go flying, you're going to get injured, correct? So what I- Last time I checked what, on that one. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it's the same way psychologically, same way in our world. What happens is, it isn't complicated, like I said, but what happens is, we fight life. And one of the truisms, kind of the gravity is a truism, one of the truisms of life is that life changes. Life has a flow to it. We can be doing really well in our corporate job, everything's going great, and then there's a downsizing. Or a new company comes along and starts putting us out of business, or we get a legal suit. So life has that sense of change. So what happens is we have a tendency to do one of two things. We have a tendency to really hang on to things tightly and say, don't change, don't change, or I won't be, I'll be unhappy. So that's, that's like saying there isn't gravity, so it's going to change, so you're going to suffer. That's one way we suffer. Mm-hmm. The other way we suffer is by, well, if this happens, if this happens, and I get there, everything is going to be great. Like if I win the lotto, if I get the promotion, if I find my soulmate, everything's going to be great. But remember, 
major rule of life is what's called impermanence. Life changes. And given that we understand that life changes and we can start working with that, then what happens is instead of saying, instead of grasping onto what we have or thinking when we get that goal, everything's going to be great because it can't be because it's going to change again, then what we do is just say, oh, well, how do I do to live well then? And what we can control really is right now, our response to right now. So if right now we have two great kids, we have a wife, you know, we have a beautiful home, we have a job that we like, we say, oh, we're so thankful to have that right now. Now tomorrow, that might be gone. My wife might, you know, present me with divorce papers. When my kids may get sick, I may get a lawsuit and lose my home. And if you flow with life, realizing life is changed, then you say, oh, now I don't have that. This is what I have. I have I'm a divorce man with, you know, paying alimony and child support and raising kids. So when we flow with life and say, now this is what I have, I can make this work because we can make anything work. That's the other thing I've learned. Mm. We are, humans are incredibly resilient. I can, you, could not, you couldn't present anything to me but I couldn't give you an example of someone that's doing really well then. Blindness, illness, dying, sickness, suffering, you know, poverty. I can give you people, now there may not be many, like you were saying earlier, but I can give you people on the planet that are capable of doing anything you could present, any tragedy your mind could come up to with, and yet they do really well with it. They shine better than you know, almost anyone. So given that that's, that's what science says, so given that that's a possibility, that must be a possibility for all of us. But why we don't shine in our lives often is because we're fighting the thing, you know, like gravity, which gravity is a sense of impermanence, mm. change. And because we fight change, instead of flowing with change, we suffer. It isn't that, I mean, of course, I work in the corporate world, so people are big in the goals. Absolutely. You're big into, you know, setting down plans. Absolutely. And you do everything in your power to make them happen. Happen. Absolutely. But when they happen, you're just good. That was great. And you enjoy getting there. When they don't happen, okay, we have a new plan now. And so it creates a lot of just peace. It makes you really relaxed. You probably heard the, the concept of being in the zone. Mm. In the zone, in the sport world, in the zone is where you, you know, in, yeah, but let's say, uh, you know, in, you know, in California or in the United States, we have basketball or in hockey, you know, I think you're a bit more in the hockey in Canada, but whatever the sport is, when the person is like in the zone and they're like making, like if it's basketball, they're making three pointers, one after another, after another, we interview them. We say, what were you thinking during that time? And we always get the same answer. I wasn't thinking about winning. I wasn't thinking about losing. I was like one with basketball and it went so well. The second mm-hmm. we start critiquing, analyzing, it just starts falling apart. So a lot of flowing well in life, learning how to be happy and make life flow is to flow, is to just go with life, say I've done what I could. Five of these things worked out, two didn't, that's okay. You know, and then the next day, four things worked out, one didn't, that's okay. Well, we create all the stress and anxiety and, and the suffering is when we're fighting what is. It's rather silly. It's like saying, again, it's like saying gravity doesn't exist. We have limited control. Everyone knows that. We have limited control of life. I mean, a drunk driver, at the end of this day, we'd be driving home after listening to this podcast. A drunk driver could wipe us out, wipe our family out in a heartbeat. Happens all the time. Not often, but it happens. So when you get that, there's a sense of relaxation that kicks in. When that relaxation kicks in, not only do you get the being in the zone at work, you get to be in the zone in your workplace, you get to be in the zone in your life, in your relationship, you're far more present. You're far more appreciative of life because you realize, oh, even though I'm doing things to be in control, some things work out and some things don't, and that's okay. So there isn't that sense of suffering come, coming from, 
well, now I lost my home or I lost my job or fill in the blank. Now I have a cancer scare. All these things in life that are going to happen, they do happen to us. We're all going to die. But when you relax about it, even though you did, the cool thing about this is not only are you better prepared when events happen that, that you, you know can happen, like illness, like losing a job, like you know, uh, financial changes, it also makes it so that you actually do better in life. You do better because of that relaxation in the zone. We know in the sports world, when people are in the zone, they do really well. They make good decisions. You know, they just really perform mm-hmm. well. When we live in the zone, the same thing happens. Again, it isn't that bad things don't happen. Things still happen that we wish didn't. But because we're in the zone, we're, we're not letting our ego, our mind, our thoughts, you know, question everything. Like, I don't, if anyone right now is, a, is in the stock market or um, you know, buying and selling stocks, you'll know that, that you've got to stay really emotionally calm in that. <laughs> if you get all caught up and do, oh, what if I lose money? What if I lose everything? You're going to lose money very quickly. So calmness in life and making business decisions and making life decisions makes life go well. So you come home. Let's say you have a teenager, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and their phone is off, and they're not home, and now it's 12 o'clock at night. Now it's 2 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning. And then they walk in the door. Now, normally, if you were letting your emotions be in control and not being calm, you would scream at them and it would be a horrible relationship. You may never know, find out what happened. It just creates a lot of anxiety and stress. If you stay in that place, you say, okay, I'm so glad you're home. I'm going to breathe. Can you tell me what happened? So we can assess how to go forward with this. It makes us handle things so much better when we realize that, okay, when I'm in the zone, when I'm calm, when I realize I can't control everything, but I can really do my best. And when I do my best, it goes really well. Then all of a sudden life just, starts humming along because you don't have an attachment to almost anything. It's a lot of losing attachments, attachments to, I have to maintain this level of success. I have to maintain this um, level of productivity. I have to maintain this level of physical health, whatever fill in the blank is. Mm. Those things, knowing that we're going, they're going to change causes, if we fight that change, we're going to suffer. If we say, I get it. I do lots of things to stay healthy, like personally. I do lots of things to stay healthy. I meditate every day. I eat really well. I exercise. I do go yoga every day. I make time for that. So in 30 years of my career, I've missed one day work. That's a pretty good record for being sick. I once got sick. I had food poisoning in 30 years. That's not a bad record. Mm-hmm. But someday that is going to change. <laughs> There's going to be a time, you know, when I'm, you know, when I get older, in 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm going to hit something that I'm going to miss a lot more work than that. And that's okay. But what happens is because I know the life has changed because I know there's no guarantees. I'm not like that teenager willing to drive 100 miles per hour um, down a road because I feel fearless. fearless. I don't feel fearless. I feel like things can happen. So I'm going to be careful that I do these things to make myself to stay as healthy as possible. And so what happens is life, even though it sounds like you're being careless, in many ways you're being far more careful, but freely because you're realizing that, oh, I get it. Life can happen. I've known people that in their 20s, 30s, they die. So I'm going to probably stay away from those things because they're dangerous. I'm going to do these things to do my best to stay healthy, to be successful, to financially mm-hmm. save retirement. It makes you wiser. It makes you calmer. And that calmer makes life go really well. Well, one of the things you said, uh, doctor, was around just how resilient people are if they mm-hmm. um, are in this space. But if we think about society, you know, people especially now <laughs> and especially in the u.s not i mean this podcast goes global but okay. just the the amount of individuals who are so quickly 
and easily offended by everybody else and uh, just so emotionally wrapped up what everybody else thinks. And if they, if people don't agree with them, then you're my enemy. What do you say to really this polarization and this um, almost immediate offense trigger that people have moved themselves in? It's so unhealthy. So let's just talk to us about that. Okay. The first thing I'm really big into, because I think this is one that's correct, but it's also a very healthy way to create change. You don't want to be self-critical. You want to say, okay, why am I this way? What's going on to make me be this way? I'm this way because of my conditioning. Everything boils down to conditioning. We were conditioned to be a certain way, and that's what we do. So if we, if we change that conditioning, we're going to change our behavior. So why so many people struggle? Because it's what they're exposing themselves to. So it's much like eating. If we eat healthy, we have organic fruits and vegetables, we're going to feel pretty good. But if mm-hmm. we eat a lot of French fries, we eat a lot of fried food, we're going to feel badly, correct? That's, that's just logic. It's the same way psychological. We wake up every day and all day, long, all day long our minds are being fed. And the question to ask ourselves is, what are they being fed? If we are steeping ourselves in, you know, like internet dialogues of criticism, if we're engaging with negative conversations with people, if we're fighting at the grocery store, if we're fighting in line, that's going to create conditioning that makes us very antagonistic in the world. And since the world, and we're coming home and watching hours of, you know, um, murders and, um, you know, just, just really dysfunctional television or listening to the news all the time, that will make us not be very happy. We're eating, we're psychologically eating bad food. So people are that way because they're feeding their mind all day long that negativity. So if you want to change it, instead of saying there's something wrong with you, you're, you're, you're psychologically composed to be unhealthy. No, it's very simple. You're just conditioning yourself every day to be a certain way. When you begin to change that conditioning, like listening to this Ken podcast right now, when you listen to his podcast, or my happiness podcast, what happens is you, re- you start reconditioning your mind. Oh, I don't have to respond that way. I can actually pause when someone says something rude. I can actually um, walk away instead of engaging with negativity. Because what happens is we have, there's a concept called a set point to happiness. We have an internal set point for happiness. That's Interesting. Tell us about that, sir. Yeah, research shows that we have um, whatever level of happiness that we're going to ping it pretty much throughout our lives. So how we originally discovered it was that someone would win the lotto and we would ask them, you know, what were your level of happiness before you won it? What, what is it before you won it? And was it, what is it now six months later? And what happens is within about three to six months, they go, they go back to whatever level of happiness they were at prior to winning the lotto. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens, though, when someone breaks their back. If someone breaks their back, of course, the first three months are pretty tumultuous, but within three to six months, they go back to the level of happiness that they're at. And most people tend to ping it all day long. But what it is, it isn't that we're stuck, it's that we're reinforcing it. So, you know, again, I eat very healthy. Um, I, I do smoothies, a lot of green smoothies. And for a lot of people that are used to eating rich food, they taste my green smoothie and it's like, yuck, <laughs> it's terrible. And it's a lot like that mentally. If we're used to negativity, we're probably not going to come home and watch a nature show, or we're probably not going to walk, come home and um, you know, meditate and sit outside. We're going to want to reinforce that. We just like, like, like behavior. Whatever we are used to, we're going to reinforce. So if we condition ourselves to eat kind of mental, you know, uh, fried food, and we're used to, you know, spending a lot of time steeping ourselves in kind of like yuck, you know, um, kind of negativity, we're reinforcing that behavior all day long, all our lives. So when we begin to say, oh, 
The reason I'm this way is like because I'm eating this way. I'm mentally eating this way. If I begin to eat mentally differently, more positive, you know, ch- or changing that, then I can begin to affect my set point for happiness and create a new so one. So are you suggesting input equals output? Exactly. Yep, yep. I use the, I use the analogy of like, think of a 5,000-gallon aquarium. Beautiful. There's a tube coming in and there's a tube going out. This is the way we are. This is the way we're born. When we're born, it's crystal clear. But what happens is gunk starts coming in. You know, we hear our parents fight. We start getting insecure. We don't do well at something. We get critical. We watch a lot of junk television. We start listening to acid rock, you know, whatever it may be. You fill in the blank. And so junk starts coming in. And then it starts getting cloudy. Now, if we want to change that, and one end comes in, junk comes in, junk's going to go out, but it stays pretty cloudy. But if we want to change that, and we get used to it, we really get used to things. So we're used to, you know, if we're used to coming home and watching, you know, kind of negative cut down sitcoms or reality shows all day long, that's going to mentally affect us. But when we say, okay, I want to start making change. And that change means I need to start paying attention to what's coming in. The main thing that affects us are, is our thoughts. So on my license plate, if you ever come to California and you see a, a, license, a car with, a, with awareness on it, that's my car. Because once you become aware of something, you can begin to change it. You say, oh, wow. I saw I was at the mall and I saw that person that was, you know, heavy. And I started thinking, why are they so heavy? What's wrong with them? You know, I started being critical. And you say, oh, there's a lot of critical thoughts going in my head. That's not good for me. I don't want to be critical of other people. I don't want to be critical of myself. I understand we have this way we are because of our conditioning. But if you change the conditioning, you're going to change the way you are. So there's a drill of gentleness there. And with that gentleness and slowly, you will begin to change. The key of it is slow. Um, health, mental health, you know, psychological health it does mm-hmm. not happen overnight. You know, again, if you're a 400-pound couch potato, you're not going to go out and run a marathon. But, in, you know, in a year, you could be. And that's, it's like that mentally. You do need to slowly work towards change. Be committed. And that's why I think places like your podcast and my podcast, our books, when you start steeping yourself in things that are all about growth, you will begin to change. The key of it is you have to be patient. And you always have to be not self-critical. So a phrase that I love to teach people to use is a very simple phrase. What can I learn from this? I don't care what you've done. You're going to go to jail for three years. What can I learn from this? You, um, you know, had a heart attack because you've been, you know, again, you're eating fried food for the last 20 years or you've been smoking. What can I mm-hmm. learn from this? That, that gentle approach, that kindness is a lot more easier to change than if, well, what's wrong with me? I'm a loser. That, that, that's why 80% of people in prison go back to prison because they're, they're steeped in that negativity. And uh, being in prison isn't the most positive experience either. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do know people, interestingly, I do know people personally that go to prison. They, can, they do often have self-help groups that are there that people reach out to them and do ministry there that are amazing. So I actually mm. know a person that, you know, is on death row for killing someone, but he has just transformed his life. He actually, you know, he really has his amazing soul. This is very, I call him very awakened soul after getting in the prison. So that's why, that's why I use the concept and no matter what life throws us, we can make something beautiful of it. So don't ever think this means I'm done. I need to go hang myself or just give up and you know dive into alcoholism. We can overcome anything. So we're very resilient. Absolutely. And there is, you know, when we think about it, the sad situation in sort of the developed countries, there's never been more, you know, people talk about mental health. And my own personal story, uh, Dr. Puff, was is that I was diagnosed with manic depression back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it actually was biophysical. I was hypoglycemic. 
So oh, wow. it had nothing to do with, you know, they put me in lithium. Great. Oh, uh, I lasted two weeks before I was ready to kill somebody. And, uh, <laughs> but it was a really a blood sugar level. So there is a linkage to right. a lot of the mental condition with our physical condition. So if we're polluting our bodies, I'm a health coach as well. So, right, right, it, right. you know, our, our, if we're polluting our bodies with sugar and processed foods, then that is going to, through the gut, uh, show up mentally too. And so that's where a lot of times it's not to, you know, take some kind of uh, psychotropic drug, which right. is not doing anything. It's really more about changing that environment and that input. Yeah, and that's what I think we're both on the same page. It's holistic. Everything matters. You know, your relationship with your partner matters. How you um, eat matters. How you exercise. The job you're doing. Your satisfaction of the world. What you watch on television. What you listen to. Everything matters. I think, I think the big thing that matters those the most is getting to know you. You get to know you by listening and watching. Watch your thoughts. What am I thinking throughout the day? What is going on inside my head? If you really begin um, to do that, you, um, you just begin to go better. You just tend to go better in life. And, and you begin to change. And you notice, oh, I get what I'm doing. I'm causing this. And by changing the way I think, things will begin to change. I'll start feeling a lot better. And it does. Mm. It's a gradual change, but it really begins to change. And the other thing, you know, speaking of labels, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist, so I have work with people through coaching and individually, you know, for decades. And I never will diagnose anyone. I really don't believe in diagnosis, even with kids. But I think the second you diagnose someone, there's a tendency to take that on. I'd rather mm. say, this is what I do. This is what I'm doing right now. What do I do to change it versus I'm this, I'm manic depressive, I'm schizophrenic, I'm um, filling the blank. Better to say, these are the behaviors that I'm doing, like I'm smoking, I'm going to work on stop changing versus I'm a smoker. Once you take on the label, there's a real tendency to um, act on that. Our mind's powerful. If we think something, it's very likely we'll reinforce it. Oh, uh, brilliant. And, and interesting, that's not how a lot of the practitioners that would be our colleagues would even speak. Right. There was a, no, I need right. to put a label on this so I know what to do, which in fact, in many cases, as you said, uh, will anchor people. Me meaning for me, uh, you know, my grade nine teacher said I would not amount to anything because I couldn't read or write. And that was oh. really around dyslexia. So I've just learned that, okay, I have this tendency, but now I've written 4 million words of content. So, you know, where's the relationship? So you right, could still right. overcome those kinds of things as well. So when we anything. think about, go ahead. To, yeah, uh, I was just saying anything. So whatever label anyone's given you, whatever label you've given yourself. Now, can we all become, you know, like president of IBM? No. Can we all become, um, you know, CEO of, um, you know, of a, a major corporation? Maybe not. Can we all play in the NBA or become a world champion Olympian? No. But outside of those main things, most things we can do. You're probably familiar with the 10,000-hour concept. Yes. In 10,000 hours, for those listeners who don't know this, in 10,000 hours, you can literally become a world expert at anything. If you become, it doesn't mean you're going to be number one, but you become incredibly knowledgeable in 10,000 hours, which is about five years of work. And that's what a PhD takes. A PhD typically takes five years. And at the end of that five years, you are very good at one thing at that end of that. So it's a very um, well-studied concept. So the point about that is, and, you know, you can, you're such a great example. So I love meeting people like you is, you know, whatever label people have given you or whatever label you're giving yourself, all you have to do is change the behavior and it will begin to change. Again, if you're, I went to, under, I went to graduate school at Princeton and my best friend, um, Jamie Evans, he was, he was, um, he was dyslexic too. 
And Princeton was a lot of reading because it was, um, was a lot of work. But he was able to do it and graduated, you know, very well because he had learned skills to work at even that level. So I think we have to be careful labeling ourselves and saying or letting other people label us. We may have habits, but it's habit, and a habit can be changed if we learn good skills. Mm. Interesting, and you know, thank you, uh, Dr. Puff, for that. <laughs> is uh, what you're really equipping the listeners, and I, I just really want to talk to them for a moment. Is that regardless of the conditions we find ourselves in, we have a significant amount of influence, but also responsibility in terms of the conditions that we are in, because we've, mm-hmm. for the most part, have created them. Right, and and and. And, and we can change them. So, again, we have a tendency to think, well, this doesn't matter. I mean, very few people think this matters. If you, if you know, I grew up in the Midwest in Iowa, you know, since we're talking about nutrition, you know, they don't eat, not, of course, there are people that eat very well there, but there are some of my relatives that don't eat very well at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, those are habits that are in place. It's just as you begin to change those habits, you will begin to change. So gentleness, remember, I'm really big into gentleness. We get, we're a lot more motivated by gentleness than looking in the mirror and saying, you know, you're a terrible human being. That's not very motivating. And, mm. um, but then we can change. So, you know, if there's something in place that, you know, you as a listener are struggling with, say, okay, what, what am I doing to reinforce it? And what can I do to unreinforce it? Because it's just, it's just all conditioning. It's really that simple. It's conditioned responses. And if you change the conditioning, you change the response. Right now, as you're listening to me and Ken, you're already changing your conditioning. You're beginning to see the world differently. You've never heard this before. And that will begin to open up things. Now you have to keep reinforcing it. So that's why it's good to, um, like my happiness podcast, people tend to download them and listen to them over and over, and over again because you want to reinforce this behavior. I've done mm-hmm. the same. When I met people that I thought, wow, this is, this is a really good concept, I literally write them down and I look at them daily. So it just reinforces that positive, healthy behavior. So it's work. And that's why we tend not to do it because it's easier, you know, like, again, the, the, I like analogies. You know, if you're tired at the end of the day, it's been a long day, you're exhausted. You may have two choices. You can um, come home and have, a, you know, two or three glasses of wine and you're going to feel better. You can come home, go to the gym, maybe, you know, and then maybe, you know, meditate for, you know, 20 minutes. You're going to feel better. One is harder. It takes a little bit more effort. But once you start cultivating the habit, in the long run, that's a better habit. So look at your habits and say, okay, what am I doing that's positive, that's good for me? What am I doing that's not good for me? And then say, okay, if it's just conditioning, if I really want to live a different life, I just need to begin to slowly change these behaviors. And then say, okay, like if you're changing eating, for example, just again, I like because it's easy to understand that. I never eat salad. I'm going to eat a salad for lunch and dinner. I'm going to start eating a salad with my lunch and dinner. And then I'm going to drink two glasses of water with every meal. You just, you start increasing things, but it's the same thing mentally. Again, like you say, I notice when I go to work, I listen to, um, you know, like, um, you know, whatever the news. Instead, I'm going to start listening to Ken's podcast over and over and over again on the way to work. So when we begin to change our behavior, we will begin to change. It does take effort. The other way is easier. I mean, the, but why we know it doesn't work. Think about the easiest way to go in life. If you want to have this truly a, a pretty carefree life and everything's fine, be a heroin addict. Heroin is an amazing drug. Um, why we don't do it? Because it has a lot of consequences to it. It has a lot of karma with it. <laughs> you know, that's why we don't do heroin. And life mm. is like that. You know, short-term gratification, you know, we all get, I mean, I'm sure there's probably not even a listener on the podcast that does heroin, probably. There might be one. But anyways, most people don't do heroin. But why heroin is such a powerful drug 
because it works great. I and mean, you can be a woman sleeping with eight different men a day, hate sex, and be fine. Just don't stop taking that heroin. So that's what we have to be careful with. You know, coming home, I mean, most of us, we're not going to struggle with heroin. But we might struggle with, like, you know, coming home and having too many glasses of wine. Or we might struggle with, you know, coming home and zoning out in front of the television. We might struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, um, you know, just mindless activity that really isn't good for us. So once we begin to see that, again, awareness, then we can say, okay, I know this is going to be hard. Because obviously, if you're a couch potato and you start working out, your body's going to ache. And it is, does create change. Change has um, you know, consequences to it. But the good thing is we really get used to things. So like I was saying earlier, I drink a lot of green smoothies. I kind of live on them. I, I do other things. But I, I, I truly drink a lot of green organic smoothies because they're very good for you. And for many people, if they taste it, how do you do that? And I literally, it's not how do I do it. I like it. You get used to it. Like I love doing yoga. I do yoga almost every day. I'm like six days a week usually, six days a week. And my body loves yoga. I actually feel more so sore when I don't do yoga. It's the same with positive. We get used to things. You'll, be, you'll find it much harder if you're used to listening to the news and you start like, you know, listening and reading things that are more positive and healthy. You're going to find it very challenging to listen to the news. Or example, this would be, think of like horror movies. I cannot watch horror movies. I'm just way, they just, they just you know, anything negative. I don't like negative at all. So if it, I don't. I actually don't watch television. I mean, I watch educational shows and things like that. But I don't have television. Most ninety percent of what's on television is, in my mind, not that healthy. And I, I'm so used to being around healthy things that it's hard for me to not do that. So if I, because of the way I eat, because if I eat a French mm-hmm. fry, it typically makes my stomach upset because I'm not used to it. So we're creatures of habit. So given that, just slowly begin to change the habit, and you will get used to anything. If you're not used to working out. Your body will get used to it. If you're not used to being positive, your mind will get used to it. If you're not used to, um, you know, being in nature, being in nature is so good for us, you will get used to it. We can adapt to anything, but we have to decide what's healthy. And then once that's where, you know, kind of you and I can do is kind of help people say, this is what really works. Do that. And, um, but if you do that, life begins to change and it can change in mm-hmm. astonishing ways, astonishing ways. Now, one of the things, uh, Dr. Puff, that, I uh, just want to slip in here is input is also the environment of who we hang out with. And there's all kinds of research is that, you know, we're talking about input, you know, equals yep. output, yep. but influence of that environment also is, you know, who are our closest friends? Who do we hang out with? If they're always negative and caustic and pessimistic, <laughs> then the reality is going to be very difficult for us in that environment to shift. So right. we might have to make some, um, not necessarily hard, but difficult decisions or decisions mm-hmm. that to shift away from some of that influence as well. Yes, and you know, you're right, Ken. And, and the, the truth of it is happiness, you know, making our lives go well, does have a price tag to it. Sometimes relationships end or they become much more different. They look very differently. You're not hanging out with these people as much because, like you said, they're very negative. Or when they do be negative, you leave. So it definitely has consequences to it. But, you know, I feel, like I said, you know, you say, well, am I not going to hurt their feelings by not hanging out with them as much? Well, hopefully we're all here to help people improve their lives, you know, to help people do well and make people's lives just more pleasant. And if you're being caught up into that negativity, are you helping their lives? Are they helping yours? If you begin to change, you may actually influence some of them to change with you. And if not, then you can reach out to other people and help them change. So it's making the world a better place. 
But the only place you can make that is within yourself. We can't make people follow us. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, our kids don't, sometimes our spouses don't, sometimes our partners don't, and that mm-hmm. may be a great change. But, you know, it has a price tag to it, and you don't know. But, again, since you really focus on living in the present moment, that's what a lot of this is all about, those things aren't as big a deal anymore. Because it's almost like you see life as this smorgasbord, and there's so many things you like. If one thing isn't available, there's 10 other things you can choose from. And that's where health comes in. You don't say, I have to have this to be happy. I can live in a you know, 20,000 square foot home. I can live in a trailer park. I don't care. If you don't care, guess what? There's just nothing that can keep you from making life work for you. Because it's like, oh, mm. wow, you know, now I'm older. You know, I, I'm not as healthy, but I've got more time. You know, now I'm working a lot. But, you know, I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect. So you learn to really flow with life and realize I, I, I have this thing that I love to say. There's just always something beautiful to be with. Mm. And when we, get, when we get that, then all of a sudden, oh, life is, the universe is a pretty cool place because I don't need it to be a certain way and I'm just going to flow with it. <laughs> well, the old concept of be here now, right, which exactly. is, okay, hang on. I mean, I'm not, yep. I'm not in yesterday and tomorrow's nope. not here yet. So the only place I actually exist is here. So yep. those are all uh, awesome, Dr. Puff. And uh, I'm going to get you to wrap up here in a second. But if people want to find out more about you and also maybe subscribe to your podcast as well as ours, uh, how might they do that? It's very easy. It's just happinesspodcast.org. That's happinesspodcast.org. If you forget, if you're driving, my name is very easy. Dr. Puff, Dr. Robert Puff. Just type in Dr. Puff, and I have been around for a very long time. I show up all over the place. I'm super easy to find on the Internet. If you can't remember happinesspodcast.org, type in Dr. Puff. I'll show up in a heartbeat, and uh, you'll see my happiness podcast there. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, uh, Robert, for hanging out with us. Now, Robert, if you were to leave just sort of uh, gems beyond what you've already shared with us, what might that be for the listeners? What would your encouragement be to them uh, to embrace some of the things that you have learned in your journey? I think it's a lot of it is it's like truly, you know, like, you know, I um. I was at a, I, I do, as I told you, I do a lot of yoga and I, um, when I travel, I still work out. So I, I, twice I've been at a gym where, um, it was an older gym. So the equipment wasn't very good. And I was twice, um, um, doing kind of ab work with a 50 pound barbell on top of my stomach and mm. the thing broken. It landed right on top of me but because I'm limber, I, you know, sore, but I, I wasn't injured and I should have broken my back those two times. So I think in life, life is going to throw you things that are like, Whoa. <laughs> but if you stay limber, if you say, I can do this. And, and here's the one I love. Ask yourself this question. Like, let's say the, the cancer scare is a big one. You go to the doctor. Because now if you go to the doctor, they do so many um, lab works on you. They're probably going to find something. Um, that's, it's just the nature of medical right now. It's just so incredibly thorough. They're going to have something to scare you along the way. When you get that scare, or whatever it is, you, know, you, you may lose your job, fill in the blank. You know, your spouse is going to leave you. And you get that, say, okay, is there anything I can do about this right now? And if the answer is no, I can't, I don't have an appointment until next week. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on vacation, whatever it may be, then do that. Do that what you're doing. Get to, it's a lot of getting to the now. If I can't do anything about this major concern I have right now, you have a concern right now, ask yourself the question, is there something I can do about it right now? And if the answer is no, besides thinking about it, then let it go. And be present with what is. 
And you'll find by cultivating that skill, mm. life becomes really simple. And you'll find how much incredible time you waste worrying about things that half the time don't even turn out. Or 50, 90% of the time don't even happen. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Puff. And so for those of you that have been listening, uh, just encourage you to um, you know go to his site, go to the podcast, find out more of what uh, Dr. Puff is doing. Robert, thanks very much for hanging out with us today. Oh, it's great. My pleasure, Ken. <laughs> well, listeners, you've been listening to the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes. And my encouragement, as we do at the end of just about every show, is apply some of these ideas, these concepts. And as Robert and Dr. Puff has said, is, you know, be here now. If your life is not looking the way you would like it to be, then this really is in your court. You input equals output. What do you need to change in that space, in that area. And as Dr. Puff said, I can do it. You can do it uh, one step at a time. You are not going to do that marathon tomorrow if you decided today. However, you can in the future and sometime in the future, you'll be ready to do it. So my encouragement is, is that you would listen to the wisdom and insights that Robert has shared with us today so that you can go to the next level. We are talking about the secrets of success, but really is quite simple. And as we do at the end of each show, we ask if you like what we're doing, if this has been encouraging to you, then just share it, pass it on, and um, let others know about the work as far as helping others to live on purpose. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.